This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I'm your host, Erin Benziger. This is the show that seeks to equip you with fruits of truth from God's word. You can check out uh, the website for Equipping Eve, equippingeve.com or .org. They both get you to the same place. Take a look if you haven't already. So on the website, you can find every podcast that has ever been recorded and released. Because to be quite honest, there are some episodes that have been recorded and never released because when I go back and listen to them during editing, I think, hmm, this is terrible. Nobody should hear this. And so then it gets trashed. But every episode that has been released is there on the website. There is a Bible study there. Um, There's a list of resources, helpful websites, other ministries, churches, podcasts that you may want to listen to that might be helpful in your study to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's my little commercial for the website. Equipping Eve is on iTunes. That's kind of new in the last couple of months, um, where Equipping Eve is a separate podcast on iTunes. So if you go to iTunes and type in Equipping Eve, there you go, you'll find us. Uh, I know that Apple is doing things with iTunes. Um, I don't pretend to know what they're doing. Um, But the way I understand it is um, on your desktop or laptop computer, if you have a Mac, I have a Mac, um, but I'm not super well versed in these things, but I'll try my best. So iTunes is currently an app on your Mac that you can use to listen to podcasts, such as Equipping Eve. Do you like how I keep throwing this commercial for this very show in there? Anyway, uh, so I guess iTunes itself is going away. They're kind of splitting that up. So there will be um, a separate TV and movie and uh, podcast and music app. It's kind of already like that on your phone if you have an iPhone. So it's shouldn't be that big of a shock. And the bottom line is podcasts aren't disappearing. So you'll still be able to subscribe and listen. Um, you know, same with you know your music that you've downloaded. You know, once all of us got past the Napster days and we started downloading legitimately on iTunes, we might have a fair amount of music there um, in our library. That's not going anywhere, so don't panic. So um, I opened my email this morning and... Um, I'm on a mailing list for christianbook.com. Let me tell you, I need to unsubscribe because it is really frustrating. But if I had already unsubscribed, I would not know that they're having a communion cup sale. You can save 50%. So heads up, if you need a thousand communion cups, they're on sale at christianbook.com. Did you know you can get pre-filled communion cups? That makes me feel weird. Um, But you can. They're individually wrapped and sealed. I don't know if they're gluten-free. So did did you know that in some churches, people brain their own bread because they think they're gluten-free? And I say that because 
not that many people actually have celiac. It's just that everyone thinks they shouldn't have gluten. And what I hate to point out is that we've been eating gluten for years and nobody's colon has exploded, so we're probably fine. Um, but now that I've lost half of my listeners because they're all gluten-free, you know, if you choose to do that, that's fine. But it's just weird to me that you're bringing your own bread to communion at church. Just really, it's like the size of a chiclet. Just suck it up. Um, unless you actually do have a medical condition, in which case, please don't do that. I am not a doctor. I um, speak opinions that I probably should keep to myself. So anyway, communion cup sale. Check it out, christianbook.com. Okay, so this morning I was listening to a sermon from Mark 14. It was actually a sermon by Alistair Begg. And it struck me, um, a, a piece of it struck me and kind of took me in a direction for what I want to talk about today. So turn, ladies, with me to Mark 14. Mark 14, verse 26. So in Mark 14, you know, Mark's a short gospel. So we're coming to the end of Jesus' life here. We are here at the Last Supper, the Passover, before Jesus will be crucified. And um, the Lord has just passed the bread and the cup. Whether he took part in the communion cup sale, I don't know. And then in verse 26, it says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, you will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. That is actually from Zechariah 13, by the way. Um, and this is not the topic we're going to stop on, but um, I made a note in my Bible because I think it's something we kind of can pass over. But Jesus says, it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. The I is God. You know, let's not forget that um, when we're remembering the story of Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. But moving on, verse 28. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, he being Peter, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Peter's pretty boastful here, isn't he? And we all know Peter. Peter is Peter. A lot of times we say we identify with Peter because he's, you know, kind of runs headfirst into things and then has to figure it out the hard way that maybe he should have paused and listened to Jesus. He's pretty self-reliant in these verses, isn't he? I won't fall away, Lord. They all might. But listen, I got this. I won't fall away. I mean, remember, Jesus, I'm the one who said you, know, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So I got this. We're good. The other ten may fall away. Judas, he's gone at this point. But I, Peter, mm -mm, I'm good. And I had to stop and ponder these verses because it really started me thinking about how the Lord tested and used Peter throughout his life. And just as another aside, which we've already taken a lot of those today, but anyhow, the testing of Peter 
it's not for God's sake. It's for Peter's sake. And I hope we're going to see that as we talk about this a little bit more today. We all go through times of trial and testing, don't we? And I think we're inclined to think like we are going through the biggest trials of anybody we know. Um, And it is such a blessing that's part of being in the body and being in the local body because we see each other's struggles and trials and tests. And it takes our eyes off of ourselves and our own trials and testing, doesn't it? And we can say, oh my goodness, but um, Samantha, and that's a completely made up name, so do with that what you will. You know, she is going through this illness and that doesn't mean she's a bigger sinner than I am. It doesn't mean she's a better Christian than I am, that she is given this stronger test, but it reminds me that things aren't as bad as I'm inclined to whine and complain and say they are. And it reminds me that the Lord is sovereign and that the Lord loves both Samantha and me and that I can encourage her and build her up. Because oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I come across people who are going through severe trials and they are the most joyful people I know. And I think, I want to be like you. But I know if I were in that trial, I would not be like you. How, how do we get to be like that? Well, we read the Bible so that we grow, we pray for God and his Holy Spirit to continue to sanctify and conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. But something I've noticed, because I do it, is when we see people in a trial or when we're in a trial ourselves, it's kind of easy for us to sit back and commentate, especially when it's someone else, and, you know, throw out this, well, you know, this is... This is for your good and God's glory. And it's true. God works all things for good to those who love him. But sometimes it's not particularly helpful, is it? When someone says that to you, oh, God is sovereign and this is for his glory. This is for your good. Okay, great. I know these things. I know this to be true. I don't doubt God's sovereignty in the, midst, in the midst of my testing. However, your platitudes are unhelpful. They may be true. I believe them. They are unhelpful to me in this time. So how can we maybe be more helpful when we see others going through times of testing? Or how can we encourage ourselves through our knowledge of the Lord when we are going through times of testing? What is something that we can turn to beyond this kind of cerebral knowledge that God is sovereign over this situation? Of course he is. Of course we can rest in that. But let's be honest, ladies. Do not lie to yourself or to other people. Let's be honest. Just because we know God is sovereign and we know that we should rest in that, it's not always easy to do, is it? And we can stand there and say to other people, oh, we're just resting in the Lord's sovereignty. Maybe I'm the only one who does this. But even though I know that to be true, I can still worry. I can still be anxious over something. I'm not fully sanctified yet. And I know there are people who who maybe don't struggle with that as much. But let's be honest, I think there are a lot of us who do, especially depending on the situation. Right? Am I going to lose my job? How am I going to pay the next bill? These things are real. 
And while we have examples from scripture of God's faithfulness to his people, and we have examples from our own lives, don't we? I do. I can look back on my life and I can, I can recall very vivid, specific examples where God took care of me in a way that only God could. But it's kind of easy to forget those things in the moment, isn't it? And so I want us to see how Peter remembered his times of testing. Now, the parallel passage in Luke 22 gives us a few more details on this particular encounter. So if you'll turn with me to Luke 22. Just as a note, ladies, I'm reading from the ESV today. In Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus says, Simon, Simon. Simon? Wait a minute, his name's Peter. Simon? Yeah, Simon was his old name. But in this encounter, Jesus goes back and says, Simon, Simon, which should have raised Peter's ears. Behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Kind of reminds us of Job a little bit, doesn't it? Have you considered my servant Job? Go ahead. Go ahead. You can have Job for a little while. Go ahead. Test his faith. Kind of reminds us of that, doesn't it? Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Lord, mm -mm, I'll go with you even to death. Watch out, Peter. Pride goeth before destruction, doesn't it? And so we need to be mindful of our tendency for self-reliance and our confidence in our own abilities because Jesus says, um, Peter, Simon, you will deny me not just once, but three times. But something I love about this passage here in Luke is verse 32, where Jesus says, I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. I've prayed for you. Jesus prayed for Peter's strength. Honestly, in that moment, I don't think Peter fully grasped that. I mean, he couldn't have, right? Because the next thing he says is, oh, Lord, I will go to prison and to death with you. Hold up, Peter. Could, could you... Stop and think before speaking. How many times do we speak before we think? Jesus just said that he is praying for you. Jesus just said Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. So that means it's going to happen because he's praying for your strength, that it will not fail you. And when you turn again, because you will fail, strengthen your brothers. Jesus prayed for Peter's strength. And this isn't something that was unique to Peter, ladies. This is what is so cool about our Lord. He's so personal and he loves us. I think sometimes in some 
arenas, some sectors of Christianity, we're afraid to talk about the fact that God actually does love us because we're afraid that then you get a little too seeker sensitive, a little too uh, warm and fuzzy, and we don't want to do that because then people won't want to be holy, so we can't talk about the fact that God loves his children. And I don't know what could be more motivating for me to live a life that honors Christ than to realize that he loves me in spite of who I am. I don't know. I don't know why we do that. But in Romans 8, verse 34, Paul writes, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Jesus Christ is interceding for us. Hebrews, ladies, if you want to turn back to Hebrews, I'm flipping there myself, so you can take the time while I try to get there. I didn't mark my pages today. Hebrews chapter 7. We'll start with verse 23. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. This is talking about the priesthood of Jesus. He is the great high priest. But he, Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. He was raised. He did not die. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus Christ is eternal. He died on the cross but was raised again, and he continues to live to this day, and he always lives to make intercession for those who draw near to God through him. That's, that's an astonishing reality, ladies, that I don't think we grasp enough. Oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have many times, um, when I go to the Lord in prayer and I don't know what to pray because there's so much going on. It feels like not only is my plate full, but I have an entire tray with multiple plates and they're all full and they're all wobbly and they're about to topple and I don't know how I'm going to hold them up anymore. And all I can do is think of the verse that talks about the spirit interceding for us even when we don't know what to pray. And I think okay, spirit, you need to do this for me because I don't, I don't know what I need to pray anymore. And so that verse comes to my mind quite often, but I sometimes forget. Do we forget, ladies, in the midst of the mess that Jesus Christ is interceding for us? And here with Peter, he said, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. is a loving savior. And so maybe the next time we see a sister or a brother going through a difficult time, maybe instead of waxing eloquent about God's sovereignty, and I don't mean to belittle that because if you've listened to me for any period of time or if you follow either of my blogs, you know that I am big on God's sovereignty. And I am here to tell you that in the midst of my messes, which are many, I do rest in that. I'm a worrier, and yet I know I can rest in the fact that God is sovereign. 
well, this didn't go the way I wanted it to, or the way that I thought it should, or the way that I thought would be best. But God is sovereign over that. doesn't mean that it's all going to turn out rosy right now, but it means that in the long run, it will be for my good and for his glory. Just maybe not in the way that I think so, because obviously everything for my good is going to be pain-free and easy and um, work out for my earthly good, right? Because we're so tempted to be more earthly minded than heavenly. And so to rest in and meditate on God's sovereignty is not wrong. It's good and right. And we should do that. Absolutely. But I think especially when it's coming from someone else, it sounds trite. It's not particularly comforting. And I think, what if the next time I see a sister struggling, I can remind her that Jesus is interceding for us. And Jesus is praying for us. And that Jesus is our great high priest. He has interceded for us in terms of offering his life. And we are saved by his blood. But that he prays for his people as he prayed here for Peter. Okay, ladies, um, I did not intend to stop here, actually, um, but I see we're kind of running short on time, and I know how busy you all are, and so instead of having a really long episode for you to listen to, let's stop here. Let's come back in a couple of weeks, and um, we'll finish this up, because I'm not done with Peter yet, because there is so much I want you to see that maybe it's not new to you. It wasn't new to me, but sometimes things strike us afresh, don't they? And it just clicks because that's what you needed to hear in that moment. And this is something I needed to hear in the moments that I'm in. And I'm sharing that with you because it clicked afresh for me. And I thought, oh, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. And we need to talk about Peter. And we need to look at Peter in this context and in this story But let's end on the beautiful note that Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail. And so let's go out this week remembering our great high priest, remembering our Lord Jesus Christ who loves us and who strengthens us. All right, ladies. Until next time, and I'm excited for next time because I want you to see what we're going to see. So until next time, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening. (music) 